Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. My name is Matt. My name is Dory. We are uh, coming to you in a world where the Red Sox are playing the Dodgers in the World Series. Woo! Woo! Gotta admit, I wish it was Milwaukee. Okie dokie. Hello. Hello. Appointment update. Yep. Remember we went to the appointment? That, was, that feels like literally a billion years ago. Years ago. <laughs> it was Monday. It was six days ago. Ugh, feels like forever. Well. Time does not. Does that mean the time is moving slowly? That it feels like it was so long ago? Hmm. Or time is moving quickly because it feels like it was so long ago? Hmm. I don't know. Hang on. A lot has happened since then. Yeah. I mean, I the have world. yet to not have a headache any day of this week. 
Oh, no. So, anyway, long, long, long time ago, but we went, it uh, was really uh, something. Everything's fine. Yes, everything is fine. The lady who did our ultrasound is a lunatic. <laughs> Very pleasant lunatic. Um, but I, I started to understand why they run so far behind. What do you mean? Like well, it didn't take long. It didn't. We weren't in there that long. I guess not. We were probably in there for a total of ten minutes. If and that. I guess she wasn't the ultrasound person who did my last ultrasound. Right, I was really running behind. Yeah. But we saw him. He was like really moving around in there. Yeah. It's kind of a baby at this point. It's weird. Uh, you know, his, his full fingers are spread out. Yep. He's kicking his legs. Wants to drive a European sports car, according to the ultrasound lady. <laughs> Again, she was weird. She was French. It's a big brain and a big pee-pee. All things that she said. <laughs> And the PP comes from Dory's Israeli father. He listens to this podcast. Must we go there? Well, that's what she said. I'm just conveying what the doctor said. So, Way to go, Avishai. So gross. <laughs> I, look. So inappropriate. I didn't say it. Well, I mean, I just said I recounted it. You did. But uh, I feel like everybody should uh, be up to date <laughs> on what is happening in Beverly Hills. She did warm the gel before yes. she put on my stomach and, and she, she said, said you're, you're in, Bever- in Beverly Hills. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> it's, uh, um, yeah. And then we saw the doctor. Saw the doctor, did another quick visit with the doctor. She put me on baby aspirin. Dory's on baby aspirin. I picked up some bear aspirin. It just it doesn't say baby aspirin. No, it says low dose. Yeah, why does it the same it should thing. just say baby aspirin? Yeah, because they send everybody out for baby aspirin. <laughs> they do. There's no like, someone just brand it. I think I think if you buy um, another brand, it's probably probably says baby aspirin. But bear invented aspirin. Well, so look, I don't if know. anyone's gonna do it. It'd be them. They obviously decided Hi, that it was better Bear. to call it low dose. It than is marketing baby. marketing expert Matt Myra here. If you're listening, Ira Stephen Bayer. Um, that's <laughs> just made that up. No, that's a, that's the he's one of the he was the showrunner of Deep Space Nine. Of course, but I've decided he is also the heir to the Aspirin fortune. He might um, be. just uh, put a label on it with uh, like a little. Uh, here's what you do: it's like a teddy bear with two blocks. Maybe three blocks. Let's make it four blocks. The blocks spell baby. You are a branding genius. Uh, And then when I'm looking through the aisle for this magical baby aspirin, I'll know it. All right. You know, you do. You make the blocks uh, gender neutral, green Uh and yellow. Okay. And these blocks are ready to go. Sounds great. Into everyone's cabinet. Honey, I think you have just figured something out. Well, that's right. I am here to help the little pharmaceutical companies out there make a little bit <laughs> those, money. Those underdogs. Yeah. Um, she said that it is a new recommendation for women over 40, uh, that whether is... or not you have high blood pressure, to be on baby aspirin. Well... You know, I look around the room here and I only see one woman over 40. Same moi. It is you. Bo is not over 40 yet. No, he's not even in dog years over 40. Hang in there, pal. You'll get there. 
He acts like he's over 40. He acts like he's over 40 until he acts like he's like one. Yeah. He's a, you know, he's a, he's got big swings, this dog. Oh, he didn't get his meds. I gave them to him. Today? Yep. Okay, great. He got them. You know, um, I didn't get mine. Oh, well, you should take those. So. We also had a bow appointment this week. Yeah, we did. A very long bow appointment. Ugh. Like, it literally sucked the life out of me. It was And him. Yeah. He was like, I'm done. He kept going to the corner where they have, like, a blanket set up, kind of like a little bed, and he kept going over there, lying down, and being like, please don't make me do anything else. (laughs) His brain hurt. His brain definitely hurt. He was doing so much for treats. Yep. And then he didn't even want the treats really anymore. Yeah, he was kind of over it. Yeah. Anyway, lots of uh, stuff happening over here. We have to prep uh, this this bow situation for babies. We really have to Got muzzle, muzzle train, train him. him. Got to. Uh, we have to. We have to train him to um, stay in the bedroom. Yeah, that's going to be an issue. Yep. He's going to destroy the door. You have to fix the door. I know. He's also going to destroy it. Okay. Well. I'd go to uh, Orchard, but guess what? They closed. It's gone. Sons of bitches. <laughs> I think if we give them enough Kongs. All right, f- I can go to Anna Walt. And food puzzles. And we work up to him staying in there for an extended period of time. I think he'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, look, promising uh, development uh, Thursday when he just went in there by himself. And yeah. laid down in his bed while we were watching television. Yeah. He needed a timeout. Yeah. Bo gave himself a timeout. Yep. Good job, buddy. He does that at daycare sometimes, too, apparently. Yeah, we're talking about you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're so you're embarrassed, huh? <laughs> just nuzzle up against that guitar rack, buddy. He's like, please just leave me alone. I just want to sleep. <laughs> anyway, Bo's uh, gotten really decent around humans, uh, terrible around uh, particular dogs. And you never know which dogs it's going to be. Well, we know a few of them, but sometimes it changes. Yeah, but like the first time we saw those dogs, we didn't know he would do that. That is true. So my statement stands. Point me. This isn't a competition. Point me. I just got a point for you saying that. I sent everyone at home uh, bingo cards, Dory Shafrir bingo cards. Oh. Yeah, of things you say all the time. Oh. This isn't a competition being one of them for some reason. Real wild card. I, I didn't think I everyone who got that. that on their card was like, this is never going to hit. But it did, guys. Congratulations. If you had, uh, oh boy, and uh, buckle up from me, stay tuned. Yep. It's probably happening. It's probably coming. Okay. Anything else to add? We saw Dear Evan Hansen last night. Dory Shafrir took me to the downtown Los Angeles area to uh, what I would call the vortex of traffic hell. Um, to uh, to a Dear Evan Hansen, a show I knew nothing about. Uh, you know, I knew that it won six Tony Awards, including Best Musical. From the poster outside. Well, look. <laughs> I know that uh, there's a couple of people at work who really enjoy it. I enjoyed it. It was good. It was the, uh, you know, it's my, they, I respect the genre. 
but I don't like the genre of musical theater. Mm. But when it's done well, I go, well, I mean, there you go. Plus, I enjoyed the story because it did not... uh, It did not go in your typical directions. No, it didn't. In fact... There were some darker plot moves I thought they could have made that they didn't make. But anyway, that's just me. Uh, I thought the music was great. Also, like, the whole thing of him breaking his arm. I was like, well, this is why he did that long before they got to that. Anyway. (laughs) Don't give too much away, honey. Um... So if it's touring and it's in your area, go see it. It is touring and it's going to a lot of cities. Dory and I, uh, we were in what I would describe as the ass of the theater, (laughs) but still had a good time. And the tickets were still not cheap to be in the ass of the theater. Well, it's not a big theater, so, you know, oh, those seats weren't bad. Yeah. No, it's not a big theater, so. We were in the, we were, at least we were in the center we like a straight shot. Very true. You know? Very true. I liked, really enjoyed the little uh, orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, was liked, wa- I was watching them the whole time. They were up on the platform. Yeah. Great, great set design. A plus work. I, look, I like a newer theater because the acoustics and the sight lines are so much better. Like, I love... That's a newer theater? Broadway, but you go to these theaters that were built in like 1910... The seats are half the size. and because people were half the size. Right, and you can't see anything. <laughs> yeah. And if you're sitting in the balcony, it's like you're it's so never, steep. I've never had a bad... I haven't, I haven't seen many Broadway plays, but I have not had a bad seat at a Broadway play. Mm. You should try sitting in like the upper balcony at one of those older theaters. Well, look, if we can just walk into It's Only a Play <laughs> on a snowy night and sit essentially in spitting range of Martin Short... For trying his heart out to really elevate the thing that boy he tried they we were, all were great they all performed we were wandering around uh-huh and that's your birthday bike ride i know but i'm wondering what shorts i'm wearing you're wearing blue shorts honey i know i've never seen those shorts before in my life oh well, you're wearing them i so. know it's very confusing um anyway dory's yeah. reacting to uh, screensaver photos on my we computer. were wandering around on a snowy night in new york and we spontaneously decided to go to a broadway show starring matthew broderick yeah and martin short yeah. And Stockard Channing. And F. Murray Abraham. And F- it seemed like an all-star cast. It was an all-star cast that tried. And the play was... It's only a play. Look it up, guys. There's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a Village Voice review or a Time Out New York review of it that is pretty accurate. Not great. <laughs> anyway. They all tried. They did. Boy, oh boy. The, only, the biggest laugh in that show was a line about New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so... That is our Broadway update. Yep. Tune in next week when Matt so, goes to see Hamilton. Here are the plays I've seen in my lifetime. Gypsy. Book of Mormon. It's only a play. And Dear Evan Hansen. That's it? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm uh, not even like super into theater and I've seen more plays. Well, you lived in New York. I did. I was also like really into theater as a kid. Um, no. 
I was not. Uh, you weren't I've, a drama kid? No. I've, well, I was, you know, listen, I'm a Boston Globe uh, high school drama award winner for best comedic performance. But I am not a theater kid. Mm-hmm. I ducked into that drama class because our disciplinarian was coming up to the floor and we all had to be in an activity period. And I tried to hide in the drama room and then I was cast in the thing and I had to do that. So I got an award on awards night. Wow. Really? It was a, just a rip roaring performance. A lot of improvisation. I went off book quite a bit. You don't say it's true, honey. I had to, I had to elevate the part of the green Knight. Uh, and that is our musical theater update. That was just theater. There wasn't. There was no music. I don't think there was singing in that. <sighs> anyway, leave your Apple Podcast reviews of this theater podcast. Go to <laughs> facebook.com forward slash group forward slash excellent adventure. You can find out uh, what other plays we might be seeing, <laughs> and you can also go to our excellent adventure website. It's uh, excellentadventure.com. Our Patreon, excellent adventure. That's a patreon.com slash excellent adventure. Excellent pod is our Twitter. And of course, Dory Matt at Gmail, Matt and Dory Gmail, and the phone number four one three four six one baby. That is what we have for the business. Okay. Gypsy, we saw at the Savoy in London. On our honeymoon. That was a lovely play. I liked it a lot because uh, the fifth doctor was in it, Peter Davison. Anyway, anyone listening who cares, give me a shout out. Anyone who doesn't care, keep it to yourself. From Anonymous, congratulations once again on your pregnancy. Why are you reading it? Like I don't know. That? It's just how I felt at the moment. <laughs> uh, I wanted to write for the woman who had asked the about the embryo report and also the endometrial scratch. And the astrology question, too. Really covering a lot of bases here, Anonymous. Let's see what we got. Embryo report. This is sectioned off. So I will yell out the section we are reading. Embryo report. Tell her to get the embryology report. Every clinic or hospital has to maintain it. Basically, it starts with how many eggs they retrieve, how many were mature, and then fertilized naturally or were fertilized through uh, ICSI. Then there's the day-by-day report. Every time an embryologist checks it, uh, how do they look, how many arrested, how many degenerated, and the final grading uh, happens at day five or six. Clinics should also explain uh, the system they use for grading. Many clinics use the number or letter, 3BB, 6AB, and they also have definitions for each of these codes. So, you know, three, overall growth, second uh, letter, how closely packed the cells are, etc., And here we go. New section. Endometrial scratch! Jerry's kind of out on this one. Some doctors believe in it, some don't. Recent research shows it can harm the tissue of the lining. 
Doctors who believe in it think that doing a scratch basically helps the tissue regenerate. New tissue comes in, which helps the embryo implant. Scratch cannot be done at the time of retrieval or the time of transfer, especially at the time of transfer, as the lining uh, should be completely untouched at the time. Hysteroscopy can also double as a scratch, Dory. That's why your doctor did not do a separate scratch. Did you know that, honey? No. Well, that's, you've just been told. Uh, can also be done at the time of the endometrial receptivity array. Now, the timing, yes, it is, the common thought is it should be done a month prior. However, in my case, I had a gap of two to three months between the hysteroscopy and the actual transfer. Take that with a grain of salt. That's the parenthetical from the reader, uh, from the emailer, not the reader. Reader is me. Emailer is this, this anonymous person. Uh, I do think your doctor is being too forthcoming with you, and I know anytime loss seems like a big deal, but really do think you won't waste... you. you but really think, do you want to waste your precious time or your precious embryos? That's unsolicited advice. Feel free to ignore it. Again, a parenthetical from them. Astrological sign! <clears throat> yes. It's based on the date of birth. In fact, per Hindu astrology, it will be based on the time and date and place of birth. Conception date does not matter in any religion or belief system. The only place where conception matters is if you believe in the Chinese calendar about sex of the child. Then all the embryos are created on the same day of sex. So there you go. Uh, a little bit about me. Started listening to us in July. Guess uh, she heard they, he, or I assume she, just because of the scratch that was performed on this reader. Uh, from Reddit. Listener. <laughs> Stopped going on Reddit, uh, as I could listen to you, which is way better. Uh, started at the top and then wanted to listen to past recent episodes. So I started from the episode and finally got caught up in August. I cheated uh, to hear what was going on in recent episodes. Wrote you guys after Real Real. You did not read it. Then called you incoherently and sobbing about the good news. You did not play it. What? Why did we not do this? We don't read Every email or play every voicemail. Oh, I assumed we only got like 12 emails a week. No, we get a lot. Oh, should we go to five days a week? Yes. No, <laughs> bad answer. <laughs> Not because uh, we didn't, wouldn't want to. I, there's no time for that kind of thing. What about our musical theater podcast? Well, that, obviously you get that first 15 minutes up top. Uh, husband listened to one episode in the car. I don't think he particularly liked it. How dare he? Then I mean, listen to the episode where you had the epic fight about not taking your wallet, and he loved it. Why? <laughs> because he never takes his wallet anywhere. Never. Uh, he We've gets thought about me. it a million times, so that's about me. Uh, thanks and good luck. You are anonymous. We have kept you anonymous. Lots to unpack there for our reader who had a gajillion questions. We've gotten a gajillion answers. Indeed. That's the beauty of this uh podcast here and i play your uh, diary entry about uh, the pcos situation this is not your diary entry we're playing a voicemail about a diary sure entry. It doesn't say dairy uh no because i'm reading it from i would say what is that three and a half feet away and uh it's on the flat on the ground on uh, the, so i just took a guess and said diary so it says dairy well okay here we go live and learn hi matt and dory Honey, get the volume up. Uh, I was responding to a uh, PCOS signal on your most recent episode. The caller was talking about um, some changes that were uh, suggested by her doctor based on anecdotal evidence to drop gluten and dairy. 
And I um, am also a PCOS sufferer. I'm just starting my fertility journey and um, have an IUI set up this month. Um, Hopefully that goes well. But I just wanted to share uh, my experience with diet changes based on PCOS. I have lean PCOS, so I didn't have um, some of the insulin issues that other women with PCOS suffer. But my doctor did suggest going gluten-free and dairy-free. And I didn't drop gluten, but I dropped dairy. And I have to say it was uh, remarkably life-changing. I used to get migraine headaches every single week. Um, those stopped immediately. Um, I also I did not had, see this coming. Uh, kind of like blood sugar shakiness after eating um, some meals, and that also disappeared. And uh, my labs, my baseline labs, also improved um, for the reproductive side of things. So, again, my experience is also anecdotal, but uh, I uh, fully buy into the suggestion to go dairy-free if you have PCOS. Thanks. Bye, and uh, let's show. Thank you for your email. That was a voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I I like unexpected um, things to happen when people cut out dairy, specifically. Just dairy? I'm an anti-dairy guy. You are? No, I love dairy. It's the best. Actually, you know, partially that's why I wanted Milwaukee to win. So I would, this weekend... Cheese curds? I would go and get fried cheese curds. <laughs> honest to God, that was really part of it. And instead, you'll just get churros it, at Dodger Stadium. Honestly, probably would have been cheaper to go to Milwaukee. Because Los Angeles is bananas. And but However, everybody in Boston, guess what? Your tickets are even more expensive than Dodger Stadium tickets. Told you. They... Okay, this is from Kristen. Dory's looking at me like a crazy... You skipped a voicemail. I knew No, it. I didn't. Yes, you did. It's at the bottom of that page. Oh, my goodness. Yep. If you had you skipped a voicemail in your bingo card, <laughs> go ahead and dab it. Hi, this is Lily from Maryland. I just want to say good Maryland congrats, accent. first of all. Matt and Dory, definitely really, really happy for you. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. I heard about your podcast on another podcast called One Bad Mother and have been listening since this summer. Kate and I were on that podcast. I'm so excited. So I just want to say thank you. Definitely an excellent podcast, and I have learned so much. And um, I do have a PCOS signal to send out there. Beautiful. I was wondering if any of the listeners or you have any suggestions for a medical professional who specializes in uh, PCOS and is uh, located in Maryland or perhaps is willing to work with me through Skype since I've been looking and have not been able to find anybody. Um, I have just gone to my OB and they really didn't have any solutions for PCOS hmm. except to put me on the pill, which is not an option. So just wanted to kind of put that out there. So also wanted to say that I love the interview with Dr. Amy, and you guys are doing a great job. And uh, thank you again for the wonderful podcast. Bye. Thank you for your phone call. Thank you. And, yeah, PCOS signals going out. This is also a great question to ask in the Facebook group. Maryland, where are you at? Maryland, come on. Stand Land up. of Mary's. Um, should we take a quick break? I don't know. You're in charge of this thing. Yeah, I think we should. There we go. All Everybody, right. we're taking a quick break. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey, everybody. It's time to get back to the show, and we're going to do so with an email from Kristen that Dory's going to read because, quite frankly, I think she's been slacking. <gasps> Hi there. I was listening to your episode this morning where you discussed the beginning scenes of Private Life. That's the Netflix movie about infertility. Mm -hmm. You commented that the Paul Giamatti sperm snafu was extremely unrealistic. Well, not as unrealistic as you think. What? My husband and I began our IVF journey back in 2013. Let's recap. What was the Paul Giamatti sperm snafu? What are you talking about? They find out the day of the retrieval that he has zero sperm. Boom, okay. And then they're like, all right, Tessie. (laughs) Like immediate Tessie. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Okay. My husband and I began our IVF journey back in 2013 after two failed vasectomy reversal attempts. 
We used a testicular sample for our first attempt, which just happened to work. Unreal, right? We did a six-day fresh transfer of two embryos. We're pregnant with twins until seven weeks when one unfortunately stopped growing. Our daughter is now four. Fast forward to May of 2017. We decide to enter Operation Sibling. We spend the next four months transferring our remaining embryos to no avail. Uh With nothing left, we decide to move forward with retrieval and mimic our previous successful cycle. That's when it happened. My husband traveled to the main location in Syracuse for a PESA TESI. I guess. I don't know what a PESA is, but it must be similar to a TESI. A pre-ejaculate alternative system. No, no, you flipped the S and the A. Well, I'm Meanwhile, I'm having one of my final follicle checks before retrieval at my clinic's Albany location. They must go to CNY. With my four-year-old in tow. My phone dings and all I see is no sperm starting HCG shots. So although it did, did not occur the day of the retrieval, which it almost did, I was faced with the fact that my eggs were ready, but his swimmers went on hiatus. Then I lost my shit. One thing we did not know, the urologist who started my husband on testosterone replacement therapy about a year prior never once mentioned that it would most likely cause sperm production to cease operations. Stupid us, we didn't even think to ask. My husband began HCG shots and my eggs went on ice. Production started back up within three months, but the embryos were horrible quality. More retrievals were necessary, along with a host of supplements, dietary changes, and eventually Clomid. Moral of the story, if you plan on having children... Don't let anyone place testosterone rods in your ass cheek. Deal? <laughs> Those sperm didn't see it coming. I can happily say that after six retrievals, three fresh transfers, and five frozen transfers, we are finally eight weeks pregnant and hoping it sticks around. Okay. I mean, that's something. Yeah. Wow. We also hope, by the way, that it sticks around. And yep. follow up to that. Uh, well, it still wasn't the day of the transfer. Totally. Look, I know what you're saying. I also don't totally understand why your husband was put on testosterone replacement therapy. Was it for that or for something else? Uh, I think it was obviously for something else. Oh, I see. You okay. know, I don't think they would. I know. It seems I, odd. A, a, a fertility involved doctor would, right. would say that. Yeah. So okay. my, my guess inference is that it is, uh, it was testosterone replacement for a different situation. And I'm glad and sorry it took so long, but I'm glad you've sorted out the sperm situation. Same. And he's making some. Um, and now I'm going to play voicemail. Okay. Make sure it's on the list that Dory put out there. It's on here. It says okay. play no sperm voicemail. Great. Hey, Matt and Dory. This is Will from Oak Cliff uh, near Dallas. And I am listening to an episode as I deliver coffee around town. Nice. Which I do every week. Uh, my wife and I are right. Smacked out in the middle of our second round of IVF, and we've had one egg make it all the way through, and we just found out actually yesterday that PGS was good, so we're waiting to drop the little thing in at some oh, point. Uh, but had to stop Only and takes call one. because uh, a couple weeks ago, when it was my turn to participate in the fun of IVF, at her retrieval, um, this sweet little embryologist outside afterwards said, um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Will, there was no sperm. And so that does happen to people like, like from that movie. Uh, it turns out that she did not know what she was talking about. There just was not very much. Uh, that was what I heard at first. Wait, what? The funny part of the story I'm is so they immediately said, all right, well, we need to have you collect again. And I looked at the doctor and I said, ah, it, 
can I do that? Um, it turns out that you can. And uh, crazy enough, that was the stuff that helped. So anyway, I uh, appreciate the podcast. That's uh, why wife, we're teenage boys um, at one point. A few episodes she just doesn't really want to think about. A lot of this. Makes uh, sense. She's thinking about it enough as it's always happening to her. It's been really helpful for me uh, to hear other people talk about it, and y'all have uh, been great for us, so really appreciate it. Uh, if you need some coffee, let me know. Uh, <laughs> appreciate y'all, and um, good luck with everything. Bye. Thank you. I'm not drinking coffee right now. But That's all right. Now Dallas is far away from Austin, but we'll, we'll be in Texas for Thanksgiving. Yeah, so, you know. We might need some coffee. <laughs> well, look, uh, Houston, get ready. It's a three-hour drive, two and a half hours if there's no traffic. If I get up early enough on Black Friday, I can head to South Paw Guitars. <sighs> I'm not going to do it. I want to do it, but I won't do it. Anyway. But he wants to. Oh, do I ever. Um, all right. Can you hand me the, the, that email there that I'm going to edit down as I, as I read it? Thank well, you. Well, I mean, that is just some impressive amounts of writing. There's a lot going on here. All right. This is from Anonymous. Do, 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 do. Mm. Anonymous. Do, do, do. Dory and Matt. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to ask a question about compassionate cycles since the beginning, but wanted to wait to be sure that no one else asked it. I also felt a little guilty since my experience with IVF has been relatively easy and I didn't want the question to seem insensitive. After making it to episode 100, I finally heard a question about compassionate cycles, but no one ever answered it or called to chime in. So here I am. Well, there we go. Okay, let's hear it. Um, okay. They ended up with five embryos, which seemed like a good number. We did not do genetic testing, which wasn't really encouraged at our clinic for a first timer. She was also mm-hmm. 32. When That's it, early. Sure. Yeah, I could see that. Thankfully, our first try stuck and our science baby is three years old now. He is wonderful. And we are so thankful to have had such a relatively easy road. Our original plan was to wait till he was about a year old and put another embryo in. Mm-hmm. However, because I'd been infertile for years and I'd always reacted badly to birth control, I didn't want to go back on birth control until I really needed to. I think you can see where this is going. I'd not gotten a period yet, and my first son was seven months old when I felt nauseous one morning. I was pregnant. Oh, my goodness. And our second son was born just 16 months after the first. I apologize for the miracle baby story, but hopefully it has a point. Now my youngest is almost two, and we find ourselves in an awkward position. Yeah. With two boys at home and four embryos still in the freezer. Uh uh When we initially did IVF... We told our RE that we had concerns about either disposing of embryos or donating them. And he shared that he has done cycles with people who were not especially eager to get pregnant. I think he does them without meds and at a time in the woman's cycle where she wouldn't be likely to get pregnant. What? The idea is to give the embryos a shot at life without ending up with a ton of kids. Oh, I see what that is saying. saying. I gotcha. I'm really eager to hear from anyone else who's done a cycle like this. Has anyone gotten pregnant? We are paying $500 a year to store our embryos, so we need to start getting them out of the freezer. We would be open to a third child, but we're really happy with our little family of four, and we are getting to an age where we'd like to focus on our careers, travel more, and raise the family we have. We are one of the lucky few who has fertility coverage 80% of costs, but I worry that our insurance might not cover these cycles since we aren't technically, quote, infertile anymore. Hmm. I also worry about having to do four separate transfers, because the time and the money would really add up, even with us only paying 20%. But if there's one thing we know, it's that we don't want twins at this stage in our lives, so transferring multiple embryos seems to be out of the question. Hmm. 
I apologize for the length of this email and the fact that it may be triggering or hurtful to those who are longing and suffering and working so hard for children. I spend every episode wishing and hoping for you and all of your listeners. But with millions of frozen embryos in storage around the world, this seems like an important part of the process, and I'd love to hear how other people have dealt with it. Thanks for sending out the embryo signal for me. I really appreciate you both telling it like it is with humor and empathy. Well, look. Do you think there are millions of embryos from them? Probably. Could that be a race of super soldiers that we need at one point to take over, like, the fight off the alien invasion? I think you just came up with your superhero movie idea. Guys and gals, buckle up. These embryos. Bingo card. Whoever had that on the bingo card. <laughs> this is a great franchise. I love it. All these embryos. They have to get thought out at one point. Oh. I've already written it in my head. Stay tuned, guys, <laughs> for the uh, in vitro force. IVF. See, that's what they say. Anyway, that's what I would do with them. I'd create a race of super soldiers. I don't know that that helps this person right now. All I'm saying is they'll just keep them on ice because we're going to need them to fight the aliens. Okay. Well, listen, the compassionate cycle signal has gone out. Sure. We're wondering if anyone has done it. What has happened? Um, has anyone gotten knocked up without trying, but also having a doctor put an embryo in you? <laughs> Seems like a weird way not to try. Yeah, but if think about it. I mean, they, they time everything so carefully. Yes. That, like, if they put it in at the wrong... Like, if they put it in when your lining was, like, I know, but that seems like just as foolish as flushing it down the toilet. Like, it just really doesn't... To me, it's just like, well, I mean, if you're like... I think it's just a mind... Sure, it's a mind game. a quote-unquote chance. Well, play the other mind game. The mind game of we're going to need super soldiers. Guys, look, I'm just kidding. I have no idea what to do with that situation. If we had extra embryos lying around, I would be thinking about them. I mean, we do. We have a female, you know... embryo with a chromosomal abnormality who may in fact be the leader of the super soldiers when she gets thought out um yeah i don't know anyway let's put that signal on all right (laughs) that's when that's when the in vitro force comes we put that signal out and then they look up and they go well we better get to work all right is there like one doctor who's like in charge of the in vitro force? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's played by um, Doctor Ringler. No, no, no. Oh God, I have the actors in my head. Uh, anyway, keep talking. Honey. All right, this is from Kim. Between my second and third ultrasound to check my lining, it got thinner, from around eight millimeters to seven millimeters average. According to my RE, this should not happen. I had no signs of ovulation and I didn't start the progesterone, which were the only two reasons they could think of that that would have caused this. So we're currently trying to salvage it with injectable estrogen, vitamin E and L-arginine. Arginine? No idea. But I'm not feeling very positive about Richard this. Richard Schiff, by the way, would play the doctor who's in charge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah that's yeah. good casting. Anyway, my question is, has anyone ever had this happen and still gone on to have a successful FVT? So the uh, thin lining signal is also going out. We have a lot of signals out today. A lot of signals. The dairy signal. Yep. Well, it's actually the, just the Maryland. No, the doctor signal. The local Maryland. We'll call it the crab signal because Maryland's famous for their crabs. Yeah, but when you talk about crabs and 
vaginas, it's kind of gross. If you had that on your bingo card, <laughs> I apologize for sending you <laughs> such a foolish card that it would never have been said, and yet she did it. So you're welcome. Don't forget, yell bingo when you hit it. We'll be right back. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're back. All right. This next one is from Laura. Laura, how are you? Good? Oh, I'm supposed to read it. It's over here. Hi, Dory Matt. First time I've ever written into a podcast. It's about time. Uh, congratulations on the pregnancy. Almost cried in the car listening to the big news. And she hopes that it's re- the rest is easier than the first trimester. It'll be worth it in the end. So you claim. <laughs> uh, two episodes ago... My ears perked up when you had a listener mention her cervix being low, and last week someone called in to say it might be a prolapse. I was so excited to hear Dory sing the praises of pelvic floor therapy. Because I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist. What? This is another bingo card out the window here. Uh, It definitely sounds like the listener from a few weeks ago might be dealing with something some sort of pelvic floor dysfunction. I wanted to encourage her to find a therapist in the area that specializes in pelvic floor. While prolapse can be a very common thing, it's not normal, and physical therapy in many cases can help a lot. In addition, we can help with the incontinence and pelvic pain, among other things related to pelvic floor. I should also add that it's not just women who have had children uh, that have this issues, that have, sorry, that can have issues, uh, I've seen a lot of women of all ages and situations in my clinic and listen to your body. And if you feel something is not right, consult a pelvic floor physical therapist. Began listening to your podcast several months ago. I have friends and parents. Uh, I have many friends and parents going through various fertility struggles and I have found it so illuminating by the entire process. I genuinely appreciate your honest approach and feel of the topic. Keep doing what you do. Look forward to Monday morning drive to work now, and I can't wait to listen to the rest of the pregnancy and beyond. You are very optimistic about beyond. Did I ruin the top of an email? Yeah. Oh, boy. This is uh, someone who likes recycling. You love printing emails. Uh, I'm not even going to go there because... You get mad when I print it double-sided? I do. Yeah. We don't need to print it. Okay. We have a million screens. Well, now we don't, but we used to have to. All right. This is from Erica. Hi. Listening to the latest podcast and the crazy situation where two friends slash associates realize that they have pregnancies by the same donor. As a 40-year-old who found out at age 30 that I was donor-conceived and back in the days when no records were kept, so I have no way of finding out any information about my sperm donor at all, my advice is 100% to be open and honest about everything with your child. That doesn't mean that your children have to be brought up as siblings Mm -hmm. or that you have to be more involved in each other's lives than you would have wanted to otherwise, but I felt a huge sense of betrayal when I found out that something so fundamental 
had been kept from me for 30 years, and I can only imagine how much more crushing it would have felt to find out that I had a sibling I could have had a relationship with if only I'd been given that information. As a parent myself now, I've always been honest with my children about everything, and you will find that there is an age-appropriate way to explain even the most tricky of concepts. Children tend to be far more accepting of unusual situations, so my advice would be to not hold back, and I'm certain that the kids themselves will end up guiding you into a relationship that you all are comfortable with. I feel really excited for your children to be able to have such a unique and hopefully enriching experience. P.S. Love the podcast and congratulations on your news. Erica from Bristol in the UK. Bristol, UK. Erica with a K. Checking in. Telling us what's what. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. All right. This is from Anonymous. Mm -hmm. Hey, Matt and Dory. I've been listening to the podcast for a few months now. And it's opened my eyes to what my friend has been going through with IUI and IVF and has helped me mentally prepare myself to possibly be in the same boat. My husband and I were beginning to worry after trying the old school way for a year that we too would be on the IVF baby train soon. So I figured I would start educating myself in the process. Thank God we are one of the lucky few. And I fell pregnant in August. Fell pregnant is such a weird term to me. Fell pregnant. It's like I just, I just, I'm pregnant. Felt pregnant. <laughs> Is what I thought you said. No, fell pregnant. Well, that is an interesting term. I, I, I kind of like it, like but it. I mostly don't. All right. I count my lucky stars on the daily and pray for a healthy pregnancy and baby every minute. I'm beginning to get excited to share the news in a few weeks with family and friends, but want to be as sensitive as we can when telling some friends we're having a rough go in the baby making process. Do you have any advice before you were pregnant? Congrats, B BTW. How would you have taken the news from a close friend? How would you want to hear about it? Would one-on-one -on -one be better than announcing it in a group setting? Please help me to be understanding and supportive while still spreading a little joy. Sincerely, anonymously nauseous. Well, anonymously nauseous. I, I have been. Nauseous. I have been in that situation. I have had close friends and family tell me that they were pregnant while we were in the the depths of hell oh we've had it many times yeah um my preferred method was an email i think telling someone one-on-one -on -one in person is too much pressure for that person to have an immediate reaction tm p t t tm fresh too much fresh if you had matt making up an abbreviation on your bingo card <laughs> well that one probably hit already the ivf force yeah um, yeah, I preferred an email that, you know, kind of acknowledged my struggle, told me what was happening, told me that they were there if I wanted to talk about it or not. Um, didn't say something like we weren't even trying. That's like the most annoying thing. Um, but yeah, I prefer an email. I think when you tell someone one-on-one -on -one in person, even though your intentions might be coming from the right place, I think it just puts a lot of pressure on that other person to react in a way that you want them to react. Like they're going to feel pressured to be happy for you in the moment, even if they're feeling devastated. And that's just a lot to put on another person. So I think tell them in an individual email ahead of time, and then they can figure out kind of how they want to proceed. Honey, do you have any other thoughts along those lines? Uh, I was I was a little different than you. I, I probably, I mean, I was quietly annoyed by it when mm -hmm. it would happen. And, and you know, I, I don't begrudge anyone trying to tell me no, anything. No, of course. But 
I think there are ways to do it that are more sensitive. Well, I agree to a point. I find emails impersonal. I like a text message is a little more personal for some reason. Uh, I think I think texts also now maybe not from you, but where I come from, texts there there's like an expectation of an immediate reply. Oh, if you were texting me. <laughs> You do not expect an immediate reply. No, but it, but most people, texting is more sort of immediate. Whereas an email, I feel like there's not as much of an expectation of like someone responding immediately. Hmm, interesting. So that's just the, look again. Honey, good. Just to think. my good. two cents. Food for thought. Food for thought. Very free food for thought. Now Matt has pulled up his twenty three and Me results. Well, I was just curious about something that it was i think it was while someone had emailed something i was curious about any something anyway it's not important i pulled them up don't worry about it <laughs> what is what is everybody's problem i'm very italian i don't know if you knew this about me you're also very spanish and portuguese well you know iberian this is iberian situation here is the most of me yeah 30 percent of the actual genetic makeup of me Really, I was just curious about the uh, African hunter-gatherer part Ooh. of me slash the Native American part of me. And I like how it can localize Native American to Cuba. Oh, interesting. Which it somehow did. That is interesting. Uh, you had ancestors that lived in Cuba within the last 200 years. Well, I sure did, pal. <laughs> Even much... This is my confusion of being Cuban. It's like my ancestry is, mo- you know, the half of it from Spain part that then found their way to Cuba in like the 18s or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just, I've got to go. <laughs> I'm confused. I'm just confused by all of it. Anyway, there's too much. Uh, people move around too much. Oh, is that your diagnosis? Yeah, my diagnosis is why don't we all just uh, call ourselves earthlings and put a pin in it. Okay. Maybe, That's maybe part of what the IVF, IVF force yeah. will do. <laughs> Um, all right. Time for another voicemail. It's my favorite part. Hey, Matt. This is AJ. Okay, it's not really AJ. I, I, don't think I, I knew that. Either. You don't sound like Anyway. Her. I know that voice so <laughs> my well. My name is Shannon, and uh, I'd like to say that I cried when I heard the news about your pregnancy, but my first episode was episode 98, which is when you announced that you were pregnant. So oh, wow. I haven't been with you in your long journey, but I've been enjoying getting to know you. I just had a really simple question. I'm kind of wondering where you are emotionally. Um, I know where you <laughs> it's are. It's not a simple question. Feeling, um, you know, working on your weight, Matt, and uh, working on or trying to work while you're sick, uh-huh. Dory. But where are you emotionally? Are you letting your guard down yet? Are you hopeful? Are you scared to be hopeful? Um, you know, for us, after a loss, we had our guard up basically until the 20-week anatomy scan. Uh, actually, the guard probably went down a little bit after hearing the heartbeat, but then probably came all the way down after the anatomy scan at 20 weeks. So I'm just kind of wondering oh, that's, where that's you are coming up for us in seven weeks. And, um, after listening to the podcast today, wanted to share a little tidbit regarding food. I heard this the other day, and I think it's pertinent, that preparation always wins over willpower. So 
I am currently trying to get some baby weight off, and I just know I have to I have to prepare, or else I will give in and go to Taco Bell and Wendy's. Anyway, um, blessings on your journey, and um, yep, good luck. All right, bye, guys. Well, interesting question. A lot to really discuss there. A lot to unpack. Uh, so I'm I'm having meals delivered to me at this point two a day a lunch and a dinner i'll take the lunch and dinner to work anticipating that we will order dinner and be at work uh but that's only been going on for two weeks but i think it has been a tremendously helpful situation for me uh you know in the first week on it which also included a trip to san francisco and an anniversary dinner it i lost four pounds of fat and put on three pounds of muscle so that was good this is the first full week on it um they're just might you can microwave them they're essentially like those kid meals that i really yumble our advertiser (laughs) the essentially like just to not have to think about it as a godsend And, and and what prevents me from usually going off the rails uh, and just knowing that they're there and that you have a snack and you eat the snack at the same time. Well, sometimes I eat the snack at night for the day before. Okay. If I'm up late and, and the food gets delivered on the doorstep, I'm like, well, what's the snack? Oh, <laughs> I am hungry. I really just need to add a third snack a day to the mm. thing. Um, oh, I, I told Matt this a few days ago. I feel like you've been in a better mood since... The food has been delivered. Well, it's hard to say because I don't know. There's a lot of that's changing. Anyway, so that's that. Still going to the gym. Trying to eat better. Trying to only eat what's delivered to me with some uh, sneaking of Dory's saltines here and there. Uh, which I should not be doing. Anyway, emotionally, does it feel real? Nah, I mean, look, it felt a little realer after the 13-week ultrasound. When he, like, actually looked like a baby. Yeah. Um, but, excuse me. I know his, his, I saw his fretting hand. I thought that was uh, good. Was it his left or his right? It was his right hand. Hmm. It's his fretting hand, honey. He's going to be a lefty. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that was that was cool. I don't know. It's like once, like, I feel like one story's desk is in here and this giant couch I never wanted is out of here. You're welcome, Dory. Um, It will uh, feel more like a thing that's happening. Right now, it's like, I don't know. I feel fortunate to be able to um, do things like I'm sort of trying to enjoy the not having a baby situation right now. I.e., had they been in Milwaukee, I would have gone to Milwaukee to go to a Red Sox game, which I could never have done had there been a child here, unless I took the child. But, you know. So there's that part of it. I don't know. I'm worried about not being around uh, a ton. Uh, and having to have uh, someone around to help Dory. And thusly having to work and the vicious cycle of having to pay for someone to help because I can't be around makes me not have, not be around. Anyway, Dory's just rocking back and forth. Honey, you're catatonic. 
I am emotionally, I feel like it is starting to feel more real. Definitely the ultrasounds are feeling, you know, makes it feel more real. Sure. Also, like being at the quote unquote regular OB kind of makes it feel more real too. Yeah. When no one gives a shit about you (laughs) in a way that is fascinating and I forgot what regular doctors are like, (laughs) that you're not like paying uh, personally. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I mean, we haven't, it's, it's been too early to start like setting up the house for it. So, so it hasn't like really affected our lives in that way yet. Yeah. I really, I just want, you know, I I don't know. My dream is I, we sublet a place for a month. (laughs) Dory doesn't even know this plan. My dream is we sublet a place for a month, live in it while this place gets fixed whoa yeah but you didn't know that no i didn't about me because Um, you know it's gonna be like essentially we're talking about pulling all the furniture into the center of the room getting the walls painted or wallpapered however the fuck we're gonna do that and you know a lot of moving of stuff and it's the kind of thing like if i'm working five days a week it's not something i can really truly get done on weekends if i'm having to move everything Move it back, move it back, move it. You know, it's like too much. That's why I made a calendar that you've refused to look at. Well, it's not real yet. It'll get real when I look at Dory's calendar she has made. I'm also, I'm I'm anxious about the bow situation. That's true. That is a, that is a real um, thing we're worried about. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be, it'll be fine because he will... You know, he might not like being in the bedroom with three Kongs, a dog puzzle, water and food and all the creature comforts in our bed, which I'm sure he'll get on. Mm -hmm. But he'll be fine. He's going to be fine. It's not like we're putting him in a crate. Right. We're putting him in his place he sneaks off to whenever we leave the house. Mm. It's his happiest place. Yeah. Big (laughs) dum-dum. Anyway. Um... Wait, what did she say at the end? Oh, about, yeah, sorry, we addressed that, about food. Yeah. Right. Um, we have no more time. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then we will go to, you know, we there there's there's a couple of voicemails that I just want to play real quick. Okay. All right, here we go. Hey, Matt and Joy, Grant from PA here, long-time listener, first-time caller being that I'm a uh, single mid-20-something guy, <laughs> but found you guys from uh, Matt's other work at Nerdist from the beginning and have been listening along, following the journey. Thank you. Finally heard something that you guys were talking about that I actually can share some expertise on, the microwavable pizza. Let's hear it. And uh, I'd recommend the hybrid approach for the frozen pizza. Microwave it for less than the recommended time. Finish it in the toaster oven. Best of both worlds. It stays crispy with the toaster oven, but doesn't take as long as it would normally heating up in the toaster oven or a conventional oven. Hope that's helpful. Glad to hear you guys are pregnant. Wishing you the best uh, as everything moves forward. Thanks. This might be the smartest human being to ever come out of Pennsylvania. <laughs> and I know Ben Franklin came out of Pennsylvania. Ben Franklin didn't have a fucking hybrid idea of this pizza situation. No, he didn't. Look, I love it. I love it. That's a, that, that is, that's good. Oh, here's, do you want to hear my trick today that I did, everybody? Yeah. Here's what it was. Dory made toast this morning, and I couldn't. I was like, this toast smells amazing. 
I don't have a breakfast purchased for this meal situation because I usually get the same breakfast every day, as you all know, sous vide egg bites from Starbucks. So the toast is happening. I was like, man, I really want some toast. I was like, I'll go toast a couple slices of this Dave's Killer Bread, which is the Dr. Kelly Beck of bread because it also did DKB. Um, So put it in there. I'm like, oh, I need butter. Butter's rock hard. Put the butter on top of the toaster. Well, no, it'll run everywhere. You can't do that. I know. I do that sometimes. It doesn't run everywhere. Well, I wrapped it in a paper. I wrapped. I cut the slice I needed. Uh huh. And then I put wrapped that in a paper towel and put uh-huh. that on top of the toaster. Oh. Stop pulling the wind out of my <laughs> sails. Stop! Stop slicing my sails with your pirate sword. You know, I use a hybrid method when I make blintzes. Ugh, the war! Like honestly, there are a few things that smell worse <laughs> in this house than when Dory microwaves and cooks these fucking terrible smelling. Oh, they're so delicious! Oh, they look so gross. They're so good. So gross. I pan fry them first, and then I finish them off in the microwave because if you leave them in the pan too long, the, the sides get burnt. But then they don't really cook on the inside very well. Ugh. Anyway. All right. One more voicemail. Ugh. Hey, Matt and Dory. This is uh, Nick. Uh, I'm just calling after uh, episode 105. I had to pause the uh, podcast. I've been listening to Matt uh, since uh, the first episode of Nerdist. I've been listening to you guys since the start of the episode. I have a couple of IVF uh, twin uh, girls who are seven. Uh, and another non-science baby uh, uh, who's uh, almost five now. But I had to stop and call because of the most important uh, issue from the last podcast episode, which was uh, obviously about the uh, microwave pizza uh, thing. So I love that everybody uh, from Nerdist is calling. Is if you put a cup of water in the microwave when you're microwaving your pizza, then it will turn out uh, much crispier uh, somehow, uh, some kind of microwave magic. So... Uh, I've done it a couple of times and it seems to work out, but uh, figured I'd call in with that. How do you fit the cup? Uh, Probably have a bigger microwave. Um, so anyway, uh, thanks for all of the years of uh, free entertainment, uh, especially to Matt. You're welcome. Um, but uh, congratulations uh, to you guys and uh, good luck for the rest of the journey. Thanks. Bye. Look, I love a good microwave tip. Right. Didn't he have a, I felt like he had a tinge of an Australian accent. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hear it. Didn't, I detected it. It didn't tick for me. It was just like a tiny bit. It's like like he had lived in Australia to he was like five. Interesting. Well, call back and let us know if Dory heard an Australian accent. Um. All right. Well, that just about does it for today. What a podcast, everybody! I think this will go down in the in the annals of history. Ew. <laughs> um, Shut right. up, Matt. Just okay. a reminder, you can support us on Patreon. Get up to two bonus episodes per month at patreon.com slash excellentadventure. We are so grateful for all of your support on Patreon. If you support us at the $5 level or above, not only do you get bonus episodes, you also get your name read on the podcast each month, and you get the back catalog of the Patreon episodes if you support us there. All right, here's the latest batch of names. Mm-hmm. Melissa March Quinn, Michael and Stephanie Garrier, Michelle Kitzmiller, Mike Kim and Leo, Monica Bold, Mariah C. Adamick, Nicole Pondé, Naomi Nixon, Natalia, Nicholas Skidmore, Nikki Bossert, Nina Berg Christensen, Narantha Balagopal, Okagawa Nan, Paula, 
QN, Rachel Bannon, Rachel Lander, Rachel Dylan Snyder, Rachel Downey, Rachel Kuzma, Robert Olson, Robin Vale, Sabrina Stern, Sarah Prager, Sarah Reistad Long, Sarah Lewis, Sarah Swift, Sarah Yim, Sasha, formerly Salsa 87. Do you think anyone who is, uh, we're saying the names of right now, is still listening? Who knows? I'd be curious. Send us a message Shea on Patreon. Shay Voorhees, Sherry Olson, Siri K. Gasky, SJV, Sophie S., Stephanie Thompson, Stephen Azar, Susan Fisher, Tanya Davidova, Tanya Kirshenman, Tara Robstad, The Holterman Clan, The Kembles, Tina Raudio, Tyne Ludwig, Tracy Jury, Tracy Krauser, Victoria D., Wendy Nielsen, Hoot and Waddle, Jesse Hendricks, Sandy Berry, Alexandra Fay, Allie, Charlie's mom, Allison St. Louis, Amanda Lanceter, Amanda Schramm, Amy Bondison, Andrea, Ann Kay, Anna Appleton, Clayton, Anna Worley, Ann Vincent, April Patrick, Ashley Wager, Wager, Bertha Crowley, Brooke McIntyre, Brian Gusky, Carolyn, Cassie, Joe, Catherine Field, Chadwin, Christina, C.L., Claudia Berger, Those Clay, sneak it in. Lenoir, Dana Larrick, Danny Cav, Danielle Nusaforo, Dean Wilson, Deanna McLean, Eliza, Elizabeth, Ellen, Elliot Anaya, Emma Summer, Esty, Francesca Fiore, Gita Dury, Greer Watson, Gunn Lise Haugestlul. Holly Purpura, Jackie Spagnuolo, Jane Ennis, Jane Collotti, Jeff and Marnie, Jennifer Bosch, and Jennifer Marr. Thank you all so very much. You will be hearing from us this week. We owe you bonus episodes. If you have questions for us, you can leave them on our Patreon page. It's going to be a spooky episode. Ooh. Halloween's coming. All right. Bye. Oh, that's it? Yeah, that's it. We're done with the show? Yep. Oh, man. All right. It's just weird to be... You want to keep Sitting going? here podcasting and us to not be going four and a half hours while uh, Andy uh, yells at me about Beverly Crusher. Anyway, okay, bye, everybody. guys. See you later. Go, 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 go,